So when was it, or what, I guess, I guess the question is what is it? Because we all grew up, or a lot of us grew up with Legos. Actually, it's funny. I don't think you did. I didn't <laughs> maybe, grow up maybe, with Lego. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's the secret, but, um, and so many of us love Legos and my kids love Legos and they follow the directions and they're getting really good at that. But to take it to that next level, I mean, really take it to the next level business owner, you know, going through a second time to, to get on uh, Lego masters, you're really, really in love with it. So what can you describe to me? Like what is about putting those bricks together? What is that like? Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's been such like a crazy journey because it really just started out. I started getting into Lego just by encouraging my family's interests. Like, so my oldest is 23 and when he was five, he got his first Lego set. He fell in love. So I would start, I loved tag sailings and going to garage sales on Saturdays. It used to be my favorite hobby. And like, I'd go out early and I try to find him more and more Lego and we would, our collection grew and grew and grew, but it was always a lot of just used random pieces, which right, was great. Right. Um, you know, cause some people are like, I only build the sets and some people are like, I only free build. And, and, then... and that, and that's a thing because yeah. I always grew up with the directions. And so I feel like I'm not creative, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like those people who can go into a box and then of random pieces and create something. I mean, that's something. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting. Cause I try to let people know that different people engage with Lego differently. Some people are all about the instructions and following the directions and they build it and they keep it built. Like my youngest loves to build it and they'll make entire scenes on yeah. our city table and like, like action sequences of things blowing mm -hmm. up and mm -hmm. like just so much fun. And, but then my oldest, he would build a set and immediately take it apart right. and build something else. And that would break my heart when but, I was a kid. I was yeah. like, Oh, <laughs> that's my, you know, it's like, I worked so hard on this and there it is. It's on display. But like, it, I think it's two different types of personalities. But then there, there's more. I mean, there's still people who like, more. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there's some people who really enjoy the, the sorting of it too. Now that's my husband. He, <laughs> oh my God. And thank goodness because our house would be even more chaotic. It's like a Rosarge test. It, it is. No, <laughs> like, I tell people it's putting order to chaos. You have, and right now we have this giant pile on his work desk that we're, we're like pulling out pieces to, to try to put these sets back together. And like, he loves to do it. And like, I'm like, all right, date night. Let's sort Lego. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but going back. That's a back, good date night. That's a it, good date night. You know, it, he, does, he doesn't, he's not a social guy, so it actually works out great. He's He doesn't drink, you know, he doesn't, he, you know, he, he, he doesn't play in bands anymore, which is what we used to do together. So we Lego together now, you know, that's we kind of grew together in, in this new hobby. But um, yeah, my, so I, I would go to tag sales. And then when my youngest was born, he naturally got into Lego too. We brought him to Lego Kids Fest when he was three and a half. And that's when he got his first like big kid set. Came home, built it immediately all by himself. And like every parent, like my child's a genius. You know, <laughs> I get those calls all the time. They're like, I just want to let you know my child's a genius. They just built this set that's for a much older child. And I'm like, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> we all have that moment. You know, you did too. <laughs> But like, and then later my, my oldest one grew up, moved out of the house. My husband became increasingly into that Lego collection that mm -hmm. we had. Mm -hmm. And that's when I came up with the idea. I'm like, you know, we have so many Lego. It's kind of embarrassing. Let's have birthday parties. So I started going to people's houses with like 75 pounds of Lego. We built a racing ramp. We had like car parts separated. I mean, that, I gotta like, tell you that that's a big step right there. <laughs> 
you know, I don't want to, I, I just want to, you know, walk that back a little bit because it's like, okay, you're into Legos, but then you become that mom who's like, all right, I'm rolling in with my box yeah. and here we go. And <laughs> like, I mean, what, what, the first time you did that, what was the reaction? What, what happened there? I remember one, uh, well, I tested it out on a few family members, which was great. And the feedback I got was phenomenal because the guests were all like, this is great. I want to do this with my kid. But do you have your own space? Because a lot of people don't necessarily have the space in their house for me to dump out 75 pounds of Lego onto their floor and mm. set up a racing ramp and a minifigure factory. <laughs> so, uh, which would become, and that ended up proving to be my biggest challenge is the difference in every single house. Mm. So that's when we decided we need to open up our own spot. Yeah. But I remember we went to one house and the guy's like, I just wanted to see what 75 pounds of Lego looked like. 75 pounds. <laughs> It's three. I mean, how did you transport 75 pounds? We have heavy duty bins um, and each bin holds about 25 pounds. So we, mm. we know like per bin, how many to bring, depending on the okay. amount of kids, bring a giant drop cloth, a giant canvas drop cloth. We just drop it down on the floor, dump it out. <laughs> and then we'd set up our little racing station off to the side with a little fold up track that we built. And, uh, and we'd bring little like tackle boxes of minifigure parts, because one of the things we do our, with our birthday parties is everyone would get to build a minifigure to take home, mm. which was a huge hit. So we always had to save it to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because, <laughs> um, when my kids build Legos, the first thing they do is build the people. Yeah, you know, like I don't, know, I don't know what you do. Um, do you like if you're doing the directions? Do you just follow the directions? Are you kind of uh, obsessed with doing it right in order, or because that's kind of how I am? But it's funny, my kids are like, "Oh, the little guy, I want to put their helmet on first, and you know, put the put the legs together and everything." Oh no, I always build the people first. You do, <laughs> I do, you do. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, fact, you you want to know who you're building the contraption for? Oh, I love you the know, people. like you. <laughs> I want to know who this car is for. <laughs> Wait, a lot of, to be fair, a lot of times in the directions, the very first part is put, okay, the, put, okay, the, put the okay, person together. <laughs> but I'm now at this point where it's like, I'll buy a set and I'll buy it for the parts. So I'll buy it, I'll build it, and then I'll take it apart and part it out and use the parts for other stuff. <laughs> oh, like, you'll see me at the store. I'm like, oh, this has great parts in it. Oh, I got to get this. Set. <laughs> it's like, look at the purple pieces. But yeah. <laughs> and, and I think at some point, because I, I was watching, uh, the last episode and there's certain lingo. I mean, I think the average <laughs> yeah. viewer would, you know, they, out of context, they can pick it up. Um, but for example, this one that you're doing a treehouse, and there's no base and, and I, and, and it's like, okay, how do I start building this thing when there's no base? And that, that was, that was the, that was the challenge. But I also know that like when you're communicating with somebody else, it's kind of like you must have names for certain pieces. Like I need a two or I need a, you know, or the, you know what I'm saying? Like there's oh, yeah. like, I need a, a flat four. I don't, I, I'm just making this up. I don't know. what. <laughs> you know, but is there lingo? Oh my God. And actually I was just saying this to my husband yesterday because we just got this, this uh, bulk lot of vintage pieces and their parts mm. I haven't seen before in there. And I'm like, what do you call this? But it's really important to learn the, lego language to communicate with each other <laughs> and so my teammate on the show is a little bit newer to lego and so she kind of came up with some of her own names and i'd be like no it's a one by one round stud she's like it's a knob <laughs> I'm like no it's a one by one round stud you know and like but there's certain things like one by one round bricks a lot of people call barrels and one of my teammates favorite yeah. words is burp which stands for big ugly rock piece there's also <laughs> a lerp which is a little ugly rock piece which is you know there's panels there's bricks there's plates there's tiles there's modified tiles there's modified plates it's like 
there's brackets, there's hinge pieces. There's like, oh, the it goes on and on. The challenge on the show <laughs> is that they you, have this I, brick pit. I assume there's a chart somewhere with all this stuff. <laughs> and if there isn't, <laughs> I suppose that you could make one, I'm sure, and uh, and, and and market that. But I mean, but it is a, <laughs> like, so you're, you're it's, blowing me away. You, you know all the, I mean, obviously you know your stuff so it's, it's been your but i'm always learning like that's it's kind of <laughs> interesting um but on the show we had the brick pit that we could get parts from but mm. they gave us like a key uh like a, they gave us a tablet with a list of pages like 500 something pages of of the parts available that you would have to search for but you and you could search it in the search bar by its name but a lot of us use alternate names for the parts you know mm -hmm. like a travis brick instead of you know a, or a headlight brick it, it like so we had to we weren't always sure the official names for these things so that first episode was definitely a lot about finding where the tiles are where the bricks are where the plates are you know where we can find um those brackets or the technic pieces and the axles and the wheels and the battery boxes and like because there were i think they said 3300 different elements that we could choose from and then they could refill them with their brick pit which had up to five million bricks i look at it and <laughs> I, I from um from a uh visual standpoint you want the lego masters to come out with an amazing product yeah. right so um whereas you know some other competition shows like cupcake wars or something it's, it may be like a shorter period because it takes not as long maybe to uh, bake a cupcake you know what i'm saying but like you get 10 hours to, to do the project. So, you know, the expectation I would think is you're going to find the pieces that you, you need. I would, I would think, I, well, I don't know. I, I guess <laughs> is 10 hours enough time. I mean, do you, you know, cause 10 hours seems like a long time, although it's a day of work plus two hours. I don't know. <laughs> or I don't know. one whole day. Or one whole day. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to look at it. So, you know, but <laughs> those were long days. Yeah. Those were really long days. Um, interestingly enough as much as like you think wow 3300 different elements they must have everything oh no okay there, there's so many there's a lot of very basic bricks um and then as far as like technic bricks go there's mm. a lot of basic there and I, that was actually one area i was surprised there wasn't more diversity in was the technic area okay, okay. um you you kind of with this massive collection i have at home i kind of take for granted how many different types of unique parts I have and to see how many of them weren't there was a challenge. So it so you're more limited on the show than you are at home. I am. Yeah. You, do you think that's the way with most contestants? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I know we've all talked about that. I like, wow. I actually thought there'd be more. It, and it's weird to be like, I thought there'd be more. And then you see that there's thousands of different types, but like when you have in your head, it's like, I need this specific piece and either like, I don't even know where I'm going to find that. <laughs> or it's not there at all that was that was challenging like in our last episode uh we were just we had a uh, we were all live streaming the night after the episode to discuss it and unpack it and uh we were talking about our ship and how we didn't have um angled pieces we didn't have slopes in in the color of our ship so it was a challenge it ended up coming out kind of blocky mm. and we we're like huh okay so next time check and make sure you have the parts you need before you settle on a right. color for your build. Right. So with each episode, you kind of learn something to carry forward into the next one. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess maybe uh, uh, from a competitive standpoint, <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, well, um, 
you know, the tennis player, you're only able to use a smaller wooden racket versus, you know, the bigger racket. I'm just using some metaphor. I don't know. That may, may make sense, may not. But, um, but now you're at this level and, you know, you're in a competitive uh, aspect. And so now, you know, it's a little, it's a little, maybe a little tougher or something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's sometimes I enjoy building with a limited amount of bricks because it's less overwhelming than being mm. like, okay, I need to go pull this, this brick in this color from this drawer and this one. Sometimes I just have a big pile of bricks. Like what can I make with this today? You mm -hmm. know, and you kind of, it forces you to be more creative. It does. Yeah. It does. It is. Um, it's kind of, yeah. It, you know, when you have certain confines, you know, to work in, you know, whether it's poetry or whatever, you know, it's okay like to make these rhyme, <laughs> to find a word <laughs> if, if you're, if you're working that way, but um, that's interesting. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So the, so the treehouse, that was the last episode, but this is an evergreen podcast. So, but this was, it happened to be the uh, most recently, um, uh, the most recent episode yeah. and you had to build this uh, tree house in an actual tree. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone was, and back to the original point, uh, everyone was very concerned because there was no like base to work from or no connection is, is the no term. connection points so connection yeah. points yeah. so i guess what what is a connection point i guess basically the studs on your bricks so there this tree had no bricks attached to it no studs that you could connect other things to no brick elements that we could start building off of this tree so we had to build something that would wrap around the tree or that could sit on the tree or and these were live trees like like my teammate ended up having an allergic reaction to the tree on her arm from like <laughs> reaching all and around. And they weren't the like big hefty. They were kind of like bonsai trees or like, were, um, or what kind of trees they, were they? I have no <laughs> idea. They looked like truffula trees from the Lorax. Yeah, know. they were. I was going to say they're Lorax trees. <laughs> and they, uh, not, you know, yeah. and, and, and they were heavy because you had to wheel them over and, Man. um, they had sap and, and some people had bugs. I mean, they were live trees. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like what okay and 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 let me tell you that's one thing i really love about the show is you have all these really talented builders of varying degrees of experience and we all got these challenges it's like okay well none of us have ever done this before and that kind of levels the playing field a little bit mm -hmm. you know like same thing with the last one uh episode three we had to build something that could go on a mechanical bull and see how long it could stay on i mean <laughs> none of us have ever done that before and that was such a fun challenge to be like all right how do you engineer something using lego that's going to hold on to a mechanical bull spinning around and bucking like yeah i it, it sounds to me like it's a it's a combination of kind of that energy that would go into a really talented architect um an artist you know because there is artistry there and it's a canvas that's different you know and everyone has their confines you know and a, a painter has a canvas to work with it's only a certain size and you have certain paints or something to work with uh sculptor that sort of thing and it really is uh, art but uh, some science comes into it because okay. now you're, you're talking about well i have to figure out you know, uh, points of centers of gravity and, and things like that, especially when, when something is moving. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it, it's an art. It is. And actually, one thing I've been getting into over the last two years, especially during the, the downtime of COVID, is the engineering that you can do with Lego. Like, mm -hmm. I never worked with gears before. I never tried to make my moves build before. But during all this downtime, we had all this Lego at my house. <laughs> I started playing around with gears and, you know, watching YouTube tutorials. Now wait, you, just as a sidebar, <laughs> you say Lego. 
I you do. say I have Lego and like yeah. is Lego plural. I say Legos. Am I wrong? You are. <laughs> <laughs> I never correct people. Um, and, and technically it's like Lego bricks and Lego elements, but it's, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, we don't, we don't play with Legos. Lego, 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 Lego. You like that? Yes. You like that? (laughs) I I took Latin. I remember those years. Um, No, technically, it's it's Lego. Lego is a brand. Um, It's it's kind of like you you say Kleenex instead of tissue. Right. right. People just refer to the to plastic interlocking bricks (laughs) Mm -hmm. as Legos. But it's yeah, it's technically. It's funny because I I did an interview the other day, and they they were like, I noticed you don't say Legos. Like. (laughs) we're not allowed to actually you have to always say if i'm writing on social media i have to say lego Uh all capital letters Mm -hmm. no s ever yeah yeah it's the rules there you go (laughs) we all learn something you learn something new every day (laughs) so i did interrupt you in the middle of something but i just i can't remember what you were talking about now let me see we can can go back something where you said lego (laughs) multiple times and I'll keep doing that. It's like, yeah, Lego. But it's funny because if I answer Facebook Marketplace, I'll like do it in lowercase letters and add an S so people don't know I'm like really crazy. <laughs> like Legos for sale. I'm like, I'll buy your Legos. <laughs> and it pains you to write it. It's like painful. <sighs> my kid will do it just to but make I need my to, husband But I need cringe. to relate to everybody else. You know, yeah. I have to be, you know... I- I don't want to be too much of a Lego snob. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not the person to be like, excuse me, it, it, there's no S, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's uh, Lego Karen. Right there. Right, exactly. You don't want to be Lego Karen. Exactly. Oh, no. What we were talking about, um, engineering with Lego. Yeah, yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. I was getting into gear, like learning gear ratio, because there's all these different kinds of gears with Lego. And they've had Technic out for years, which is Oh, it's, it's Lego, but it's not your traditional bricks. It's mm-hmm. more these beams that you yeah. connect with um, pins and mm-hmm. axles and you can make all kinds of really cool moving things. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something I worked on a lot to train for the show. And that paid off in like episode three, when we had to engineer something that would stay on, a, on the mechanical bull. And then in like episode one, our first build, we had to build a spaceship that represented our team that we docked onto a Lego space station, which was really cool. Um, we actually had two motor, we had, no, we had three motors uh, and two power boxes inside our build. And we had to, we had motors running, we had things spinning, we had to build a little gearbox to change the direction of the rotation. I had to like do a bunch of stuff. And it's like, I'm so glad. I've spent that time to learn it because it's a lot of fun to incorporate motion into your builds. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And, uh, and you know, again, it teaches us all a lot or has uh, over the years. And I, you know, and I guess, you know, when it comes to the business model of bottomless bricks, I guess, you know, it's kind of like, how do you uh, approach that as to what the kids are getting out of it? Because to me, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's super fun. But people learn a lot of stuff. And by the way, I, I guess this is a big advertisement for Lego. I don't know. I like, you know, I, I don't really. Yeah, I I love Lego, um, and so it's it's a product that has really, you know, uh, been been wonderful for a lot of people for many many years, um, and people love them. So, uh, you know, whatever. But um, but in in that case, it's like it's not just hey, it's fun. I can put this stuff together. You know, it's it's a a powerful tool for kids it is and it's funny i was talking with a parent the other day um at an event i was doing 
about doing stop motion animation with your Lego parts. And it's like, it's so much fun. I've done it with my kid before. That's something I want to offer as a workshop in the future. Like it's a ton of fun to have your little guys and make it all move across the screen. I think we did a, my son and I did a Star Wars scene with our, with our Lego guys riding, you know, a, a cruiser and having, you know, explosions happen. Um, but I've also recently actually during this downtime while we've been closed, I've got trained in doing Lego robotics mm. on using Lego spike prime, which came out in 2020. Now, where is that training available? Is that like uh, a... I actually got through Carnegie Mellon robotic uh, Carnegie Mellon university no robotics kidding. Academy. They, they have a robotics Academy, which certifies teachers. Um, they do a lot of the training. Wow. Um, and it, it was a coding and computational thinking training that I did. Wow. Um, which is, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, so I had, a, it was the most fun class I ever took because um, I got to code a robot and I had my whole kitchen island set up with with a grid of, of with black electrical tape so I could make it do all these runs and go collect a thing and move it back to so over when you're here. coding the robot mm -hmm. what are you coding or what piece of uh, machinery are you are you coding is it the like the um, motor in it or so with the with lego education's robotics um uh, it's traditionally it's been called mindstorms um so they came out with a new platform in 2020 called spike prime uh, they also have spike essential now and then they also have their newer version of mindstormers which is a similar <laughs> similar hub anyways it codes <laughs> using an app that uses word blocks so it's super intuitive for kids because they're already learning code.org at school or they're learning scratch at school okay so, so there's thing. an app on the phone or whatever yep. that correlates with the machinery yep. it, the... so it has a hub oh um, okay. it's based around a hub that has six uh inputs for the different motors and sensors that come with the kits huh. and it also has a an led display on it that you can code to do all kinds of things and have have it spell your name or stuff like that um and yeah it's it's just word blocks until the kids get more advanced it has an option you can also code in python which mm -hmm. gives you a little bit more flexibility to do more things mm -hmm. uh, but it's super intuitive and then the it's... word blocks are just telling it to do things yep. like like so... the word is you know take a step or something or... exactly <laughs> yeah. so it, um the kids will drag and drop the options are all on one side and they drag and drop onto the canvas so they'll be like when motor starts pull over the next one turn you know motor to the right three degrees, you know, and, gotcha. and like, and then when it, or when sensor senses the color red, tell it to turn 90 degrees to the left, you know, like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's all kinds of variables you can fit in, but it's to watch. I've, it's supposed to be for middle school kids, but I've been trying it out with younger kids and they've done this in school already. Like they've already done scratch. They've already done code.org for their hour of code at school. So they, they pick up on it right away. And it's so cool. Because mm, <laughs> for is. me, it's like, it was a whole new skill for me to learn. I hadn't played around with this stuff before, but like it was, and it felt so good to learn a new skill. Like here I am, I'm in my forties now. And I'm like, oh, I can't learn gears and I can't learn how to do robotic stuff. But no, this is like, it's been really empowering. Like, yeah. and I love it. It's so much fun. Like. <laughs> so I can't wait to be able to offer that in the future. I'm, I'm trying to build oh, up to good. two of those. Yeah, listen up, Pittsfield Public Schools. You know? <laughs> I know they've got a robotics course in middle school in the virtual academy, um, mm -hmm. but uh, this would be next level. I do hope that you are enjoying the podcast. I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that this is a production of 180 Media. That's my full service communications and marketing agency. 
We do a full range of content development, graphic design, web development for WordPress or Wix or other web platforms, copywriting, video work. Check out 180media.com and see also some of my past work and the agency's past work on my blog, johncroll.info. And now back to the podcast. Bottomless Bricks continues sort of on the road. You had an event or have an event coming up? uh, I just participated in an event um, that Flying Cloud Institute was running. They were looking for volunteers to run challenges and I reached out to them and asked if I could be part of it and they let me create my own challenge. So what I did is I brought pieces, we built catapults out of Lego. Mm. And we launched mini marshmallows and it was a ton of fun. <laughs> I mean, I tried to prototype as a pretty simple one. And then I had a more advanced version with rubber bands to make it launch farther for older kids. But we had a blast doing it. And, and it was great because kids could build it and then they could move the fulcrum to see how that would change, how far it would launch the marshmallow. And it was a good little, you know, quick hands-on experiment that kids could do. It was an event where kids could go to different tables and try out different things mm. uh, in science, technology, engineering, uh, math, and arts. Now, stepping back, so you got nailed by COVID. Oh, God. Um, the <laughs> pandemic, not you, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, but um, the because you had bottomless bricks and it was in Lanesboro, yes? No, we were in Adams on Park Street. Oh, Adams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My it's bad. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it was, if you can imagine, a business that would be more impacted. Many businesses were impacted, but um, such a hands-on business. <laughs> bricks, like we, you know, you get a Purell every brick, or, you know, after someone uses it. I, I don't know. Maybe you can do that. I don't know, but um, but that that kind of was a disqualifier almost for your business. Never mind whether people had interest in the business or not, but like just that situation alone made it incredibly actually impossible for you to continue, I I have to assume. Yeah. I mean, when we opened up, one of our main sources of revenue was our birthday parties Mm. and everyone stopped having birthday parties. Right. And then uh, the other things we were doing is we were, we had just really kicked in a bunch of monthly community events. We were having a minifigure trading night, which was such a great social interaction for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of forced kids to talk to each other and work on their social skills. And so they're trading little guys yes the, okay. the people so you're actually making so you're but people. no but you're making it you're yeah so the kids are sort of making deals yeah. and i see them <laughs> and sometimes i have to step in but uh <laughs> with pokemon cards yes and the kids are you know mine in particular right now are like really into pokemon cards <laughs> and so they make these trades and then mm-hmm. you know the, the whole thing is oh you scammed him or you scam you know like that sort of thing so look this is part of understanding how the world works, right. you know? So, so this whole trading thing is actually really interesting. It, there's, there's different as everything, a lot of levels to it. There are, there are, um, especially because it, when you get into serious, like minifigure collectors and yeah, yeah my husband's one of them, um, <laughs> there are valuable minifigures. So clearly you don't want to trade like, you know, a cloud city Boba Fett that might be worth hunt. That's worth hundreds of dollars. Why for- is it always Boba Fett? <laughs> I- can I stop you right there? That, that there have been now series that Disney Plus has put out simply because of the original thing that Boba Fett <laughs> and its figure was the most popular Star Wars figure back in the 80s. And so Boba Fett, which was a kind of, you know, passing by character, really, in the original trilogy, 
suddenly has a life of its own simply because of marketing. Why? Why? What is it about Boba Fett that people love? You know, it, it's I think that in the whole Star Wars obsession, even the tiny, even the the character who just gets flashed by on the screen, you you wanted to know their name, you wanted to know their backstory, yeah. you wanted to know, and and if you wanted to prove your knowledge of Star Wars by knowing <laughs> all of them. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I have Star Wars character encyclopedias at my house, and my kid is named after a Star Wars character, so kind of speaking my language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, what's yeah. your what's your? My kid's middle name is Anakin. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my. Oh, this podcast just got two hours longer. <laughs> my mom was so mad, but she got over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anakin. Yeah, it's funny. Does, like, does any do you ever say to him? You like, were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> are you ever at the top of the stairs and he's at the bottom and you say, Anakin, no. I have the high ground. No, you don't. No, that no. never that never. It's happens. his middle name. He got lucky, okay. but he was, yeah, and he got lucky. It's over, born. Anakin. <laughs> the poor kid. No, uh, my mom's very proud. She's like, yes, my son's named after Darth Vader, my grandson. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, we just lost ninety percent of our listeners. No, yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. People, people but, love Star Wars. They're just sometimes they're not. Um, they, they don't admit it. That's all. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes. It's my, it's my whole upbringing. You know, it just is <laughs> your child. It, it is like, you know, I, I, I think I saw a uh, return of the Jedi at the drive-in theater where stop and shop is in Allendale. That was my first movie. Really? That was, except it was, uh, I think it was the palace. I think it was the palace. Oh, that's yeah. where I saw Annie. I remember the palace. Yeah. <laughs> We're old, John. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yep. going back to minifigure trading night, like we because <laughs> that Pokemon phenomenon you're yes. talking about Pokemon yes. cards. Mm -hmm. I've actually I forbid my kid to trade Pokemon cards. I got sick of that argument. But we, why? Why is it? Why is it always an argument? It's like if it's you make like, a trade, it's done, guys. It's right. like you made the trade. It's like you can't no. go back. Well, with us, we actually we would supervise all the traits of the mini okay. figures that are thing, and if and make someone, them sign a contract, yeah, and, and we always tell people like binding. no, and if you didn't want to trade it, it's like no is a perfectly acceptable answer, right? You know, but it that was one of our social events that that you know kids loved. Actually, it's my husband's favorite night because he he has an entire box of mini figures just to trade, like loves to do it. He has a whole collection. He's trying to collect all the the CMFs, which are the collectible mini figures and those mystery packs um, cmf cmf collectible minifigure okay that's yep. just the general term okay yep. gotcha okay yeah <laughs> there's so much lingo um <laughs> we uh let me see we also we were having nights like we had the brick and brew where adults were coming out and that was that was a lot of fun but anyways we had all these social events wait, wait tell me about the brick and brew brick and brew just take me into a brick and brew <laughs> Well, we, we, we'd only just started them when the pandemic hit, but we were opening up for like two hours in the evening once a month. Okay. And then we would bring out either certain pieces from our collection to show that we could talk about. And then we'd have like an activity or people could just build and dig through our pile of bricks. So one time we brought a bunch of Technic parts and the dart shooters, and we made a bunch of like dart shooter guns out of <laughs> Lego um, just for fun. And we actually have our, you know, our Charlie's angel pose of a bunch of us girls having just built a bunch, but uh, we like built out our stranger. We brought our stranger. I think that's way better than paint and sip. Right? <laughs> 
no disrespect. <laughs> we, well, we like, were kind of going you know, with that same idea, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, bring yeah. your own, you know, br- build some stuff. We had sets uh, <laughs> broken down that if people wanted to sit down and build a set, they could do that. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, the cool thing is, is that since then, since we've closed and the pandemic hit, the adult audience for Lego has like exploded mm. to a point that like when new sets come out, they sell out at midnight, like online. Like I literally have during the last few years stayed up till midnight to buy a set because I knew it would sell out. Wow. Like- <laughs> All right. So give me an example of one of those sets that are super popular. Oh, man. Um, so a, a lot of stuff that's been popular with women are the botanical line. They came out with like a bonsai tree originally. Okay. That's when I bought at midnight because I knew I needed it. Interesting. <laughs> and they've since come out with like a succulent set, which is gorgeous and mm. an orchid set. Um, those have really so the ladies like the flowers and they the you know, potted and plants. It, it's interesting because that I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but I'm part of an online women's group mm-hmm. uh, of Lego builders. And I think we're 7,500 people strong now internationally mm-hmm. and people lost their minds over that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you found it? Because I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Not that I go to a lot of, uh, you know, fancy houses where they're entertaining these days. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> but like, it like, is that um, acceptable Maybe that I'm sure in some households it is, but like, tell me about this. So, so someone makes a nice orchid, yeah, a beautiful orchid from Lego. Would it be sitting on an end table somewhere? Yeah, in the furn, you know, next to nice furniture. Oh yeah, I've seen. So interestingly, the way my teammate for the show, Liz, the way we met is through this online group, mm-hmm. and it was a thread that someone was asking about how do you display your flower bouquet set. Right. And some people, you know, and people just start throwing up their pictures of, you know, in glass vases in pictures and like, and they would be, uh, you know, on their kitchen table or they'd be in their living room on a shelf. And I ended up making my own vase using Lego. I made a round vase using Lego elements and my teammate saw that. And she's like, what is that? <laughs> Cause it's a, it's a really yeah. interesting technique to yeah. make anything round out of Lego. Mm. And, um, she ended up making something similar at her house and we connected it that way. And we found that we both lived in Massachusetts and, but yeah, I've, I see pictures, people post up photos all the time of their displays at their houses in this group. And a lot of people like the succulent set, they have them sitting among their actual live plants or mm. their orchid set. You know, a lot of people have them on their desk at work and mm. that orchid set you would not know is, is a Lego set when mm. you first look at it. It is stunning. Yeah. That's what I mean. And yeah. I, um, and uh, I'm sure your household has, so what, what do you, I, <laughs> my household is crazy and we'll get, and, we'll, and, and I know there's a backstory for, uh, how you got together with your partner. That's mm-hmm. kind of how, and, and, and we'll touch on that, but in your household, uh, what are the pieces that you display? The ones that are like, okay, this is, this is the, this is the one that I don't break down and, and rebuild something else with. What are those? Wow. We actually decided to renovate our Lego room uh, about a year and a half ago, which is not done yet, but we had to pack up a lot of sets to clear space. And so what we have left out is what we, our favorite pieces. So we have like our, one of our, the favorite pieces in my household is this Lego Death Star from Star Wars. (laughs) I mean, huge, huge sphere sitting on a counter. It's got 12, I think, different scenes from the movie on it. And like, it's an amazing piece to see. And then uh, pretty much all of our Star Wars sets are all out. We have, we, we ended up installing a slat wall on one wall, like you'd see in retail stores and just 
filled it with glass shells. So is it the Death Star from A New Hope or the Death Star from Return of the Jedi? Oh, it is the Death Star from uh, New Hope. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> Death Star from yeah, yeah. That's that's the one in pieces. That's on the, the one. Yeah, it's not, it's not finished yet, which I, which would be I think kind of hard to build, right? Because it'd be all that. Detail, but it has like yeah. the trash compactor in it with the walls yeah, yeah, yeah. that will close oh, in. It's, it has like little okay. scenes from the movie. So it's like the it opens up. Or it's, it's 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 a sphere. Part of it is actually covered on the one side. And you have the radar dish, but then yeah. for the rest of it, gotcha. there's like three different levels. I want to say, and they have like little rooms, and they each have little scenes from the movie. And the, it is the trash compactor. Amazing. Maybe yeah. Luke swing like swinging across the. Yeah, know, it has that. that. It has um the detention center before they go into the trash compactor. Like, all right, really cool details. And then we have things like they came out with a Stranger Things set. That one we have on display. We have a lot of our larger things on display. We have the Tower of Orthanc from Lord of the Rings, which is like, mm, I want to say it's three eye. feet tall. Yeah, it's, eye, yeah, it's huge. So a lot of the big stuff we have displayed. And then, of course, my husband collects minifigures. So we have hundreds of minifigures in these glass cases just mounted on the wall. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's a thing. The minifigures. But, okay. And, wh- and yeah. what is his favorite minifigure? Because he's Ooh. really into that. Do you, do you have a sense of, of that? I don't know. I don't know if he has a favorite. Like the czar of Lego came <laughs> down and said, look, you can only keep one of all your CMF. What would it be? Which one would it be? Be the bagpipe guy? Boba Fett, no. of course. No, I'm just kidding. I Let me tell you that. He really wants that Cloud City Boba Fett. That's, <laughs> that's for real. <laughs> but I want to say that's like a $300 minifigure. Because mm. they do. They go for that much. We Is actually- that because of... Uh, uh, is it rare? Yes. Is it from, oh, so it is it from the eighties or something or not? No, it they, wouldn't be that. They that didn't late. start licensing with Star Wars until I want to say like two thousand two, maybe, okay. um, right around that era. So it's like one of the very first Star Wars sets to come out, and it was Cloud City, and it was the pricier sets people buy less of, they make less of. So the part, the pieces that come in that are harder to get. And that one Boba Fett only came in that one set Mm. where, excuse me, sometimes they'll put the same character, like the same Harry Potter in this, in like multiple sets. Yeah. Well, how do you tell that Boba Fett from another Boba Fett? Because they, (laughs) they sell Mandalorian sets, right? They all kind of, they all kind of look alike, but how do you know like that one is the one is there some sort of uh series number on it or something they all have numbers uh, i can't see them anymore uh, where are the numbers <laughs> you have to look like look if you take like a helmet flip it over look on the inside you'll always see lego stamped on there and you'll often find like a, a teeny tiny number Man. and you can look up that number and find out what it goes to how how do you you can't read it with the naked eye but do you oh can you can't i just can't anymore because i'm i got i got bifocals <laughs> But you can see if you use like a magnifying glass. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Like we have uh, a magnifying glass that you'd use for like, you know, soldering stuff. And that's that's really helpful. for me. <laughs> but also now when I'm trying to figure out a piece, what it goes to, I use Google Lens. That has been so helpful for taking minifigure pieces. They don't know what they go to. Okay. And it takes a picture and it searches the Internet. And a lot of times ah. it'll, it'll help me out. Not if it's a stormtrooper. There's eight billion different types of stormtroopers. So I can't find those. But Wow. <laughs> Why do they make them different? Oh, I don't know. It's just to that make my life really harder. Because like, <laughs> I have to assume if you're Lego, mm-hmm. you have a mold, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is our Stormtrooper mold. It It's the mold that 
is the stormtrooper that's from the original trilogy, perhaps. And you look at that, and the stormtroopers never changed. I mean, there's there's the snow ones, and there's the the scout ones, and all that. But the original stormtrooper. So why would they why would they be different? Well, it depends on the era. It depends on the movie. I mean, you have your okay. So you're so you're saying drivers, because of the different like, types of stormtroopers, but yeah. the, okay, okay. So because there's clone troopers, exactly. Okay, I got you. I, I mean, it's like I have to recruit kids to help me with that. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> "What is this? Oh, that's from Clone Wars. Oh, thank you. Okay, because I, I just some of them I just don't know, but like my son knows them all. It's yeah. like okay, yeah, this is great. Well, it's funny. I, it's interesting. My take on the second trilogy was when it came out the original generation was all sort of disappointed the prequels the prequels yeah and when they came out and and they were like a bomb because oh they didn't do this right it was you know metachlorians and you know too much (laughs) information and too long you know the story wasn't the same like it was in the original it wasn't as fun whatever what i found and maybe you found this, is that the subsequent generations really appreciate the prequel. I don't know what your take is or what your kids think. Yeah. No, my kids really like it. I I found that too. And it's like, yeah, you know, I still remember the original effects and the original trilogy, you know, yeah, I'm that person. But yeah, no, I find younger Younger folks, they don't have that like bias against the. They love it. They, because... they like like Captain Rex. Like they yeah. they have it plastered on their wall, and yeah. the, uh, you know, and they they think Captain Rex is cool and all this, and, and that's anyway. So that's and with all the new stuff, <laughs> we're like digressing my... a little bit here, but that's okay. <laughs> but my kid watched Clone Wars. He you know he watched um, the Freemaker Adventures. Like he's actually filled me in on a lot of stuff that I ignored mm-hmm. up until recently. Now that you know Disney has acquired Lucasfilm and has been putting out so much more content in the star wars realm which is fantastic but my son is like the one who's filling me in he's like oh no this is this person from this i'm like no way and then i go back and i watch the cartoons to get filled in on it and yeah we, stuff. i love it <laughs> like i love that disney acquired it and we will have like forever get more star wars content <laughs> i can't get enough i was raised on it So tell me about this story about your partner on the show, how that happened. Um, it started on Facebook, yes? Yeah, started on, so the group that we are both part of is called the Ladies Lego Lounge. And that started up right, I want to say like April 2020. Um, and I joined in, a friend of mine is actually a, a local girls is one of the admins for that group. And she invited me in right in the beginning. And I was like, yay, women who built Lego. And somewhere around like that following 2021 and like is that January, is that a thing? I mean, is it is this sort of a male dominated? Oh, it is industry. It is. I mean, industry. I mean, that's not the right word. Uh, what would you the, describe what you do? Like your our fandom. Fandom. Is, yeah, you know. it's it's very male dominated or traditionally has been. Um, I it, I don't think Lego meant it to be that way, but they didn't really focus on marketing towards women till about 10 years ago. Um, and that has improved the, the demographics tremendously, but a lot of women were finding that in the co-ed groups of adult fans of Lego, we call ourselves a falls adult fan of Lego. Um, there tends to be a lot of gatekeeping and some toxicity, Mm. um, among people, members of the community, um, towards women. So they started their own group for women and female identifying Lego fans. 
And between April 2020 and now, it's grown to 7,500 international women from professional model builders who work for the company to novices who just built their first set. And it's like, why do I have this extra piece? And it's like, there's never any judgment of like, well, geez, someone just asked that last week or like, you know, anything like that. And, and it's even grown beyond just like, you know, enabling each other's Lego collections with there. There's a lot of just support for each other if someone's having a really difficult time in their lives there's mm. they'll post about it and get this amazing level of support from the other women in the group but it's it's so nice i've never come across any toxicity in it and the the admins in that group are so on top of everything to make sure it's a welcome safe space for women to just express their love of lego and it's been it's it's like one of the only groups i'm part of on facebook anymore because and, uh, and well i mean the lego masters yeah. it looks like a pretty solid mix of men and women i don't know what the count is but it looks like it's pretty close to 50 50 you know pretty close this yeah. is the closest they ever got i want to say I, I haven't counted one two three four five six seven eight we have, we have over eight women it's it's pretty awesome like yeah. and they're all super supportive and mm -hmm. super nice and i think they've all joined the group too that we we're a part <laughs> of but i met liz through that group of course they they threw it off when they threw in those tiktokers uh those, those <laughs> ethan and dom ethan and tom is dom. it dom ethan yeah. and dom and uh so yeah i mean okay so i saw what it looked like on the show but were, I mean, were you really shocked when those when they came on, when they brought them in? Floored. <laughs> I mean, absolutely floored. I, but it in a good way. Like, I actually knew who they were. Um, we had met them at one point that we had no idea they were going to come out at all, though. And and we were. I mean, it's hard to say we were actually overjoyed. Like as a group, we were, they didn't show us screaming and cheering, but we were so happy that Why? like, uh, well, uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> um, we, let's just say we had met them through the process of trying to get on the show mm -hmm. and we believed they had not gotten on the show. And I was sad because they're gotcha. really talented, amazing kids i mean mm -hmm. and they are they're kids they're 18 19 years old yeah you know they this was i was so happy that they were able to do this and get this experience and i mean i think for ethan this was his first time away from home and he got to go be on lego masters you wow. know like he turned 19 while he was there like yeah. it, it, he's just i was so happy for them because the the whole attitude of everyone on the cast is very supportive like mm -hmm. i mean because when you're into something kind of niche like lego it's so great to meet other people who are really into, into yeah. it like you are yeah so there's this validation in, into what you're into and then everyone is so creative and supportive that it isn't really it's different from your typical competition tv show like mm -hmm. we all want to see everyone do their best and build something fantastic and amazing because when will you ever have this experience again? Like when will you ever have the chance to build something intentionally to blow it up or build something <laughs> intentionally to have it ripped apart? Like, mm. and it's, yeah, it was just such a loving environment. Like we really, the whole cast really bonded and even having them walk out at the end of the third episode, it was nice to have, to add them to the family, you yeah. know? And, <laughs> and as it is, you're, you're still in this thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, 
<laughs> and this is all recorded uh, a time ago, but back in March. So, you know, you are aware of the outcome and everything, but, um, but like, did I putting yourself in the present after this episode, did you expect to get this far? No, <laughs> I did not expect to get this far. I mean, honestly, I will say when I got there, I, I was struggling a little bit with imposter syndrome, a lot of like, why am I here? These people are so much more talented than I am. I can't believe, you know, this is really happening. And as each episode went on and I kept rising, you know, my team and I, we kept rising to the challenge and I was doing things I never thought possible and never imagined I would ever do. And I really kind of was so proud of us at the end of every episode that we had made it through. I mean, well, the thing uh, is, I, I guess in something like this, it's not like there's some Lego rating system that says, oh, well, you're a third degree black belt in, in Lego. So all that time and effort that you've put into it over the years, you know, it pays off. Yeah. But you don't really know until you know. Right. Right. And, and honestly, the best part about our bills is getting the feedback from the judges because I was, we were fanning out big time. Like Amy and Jamie are both huge people in the Lego world. They both are designers of iconic sets that we all love. Jamie is the originator of the, um, the modular series, which are the, the buildings that a lot of adults have that they've built their cities out of. Um, he, he invented the fairground mixer from years ago and the Ferris wheel, amazing stuff. Uh, Amy is the originator of the Friends line, which is their first line that came out for girls right, 10 right. years ago. And she also is currently one of the major designers for Dots, mm -hmm. which is a mo more mosaic based uh, line. Mm -hmm. But like any any positive feedback from them was would send my heart soaring. It was so nice to hear them say positive things about my builds. And then they never really said anything negative. They only had really good critiques. So you're never like, oh, I can't believe they hated it because they never hated it. They're like, oh, I'd love to see you try this or I'd love to, you know, have you thought about trying, you know, doing that with this? And it's, but their their positive feedback, like, ugh, like I would tear up. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> they really liked it. <laughs> it felt so good. And you don't get a lot of that on the show. They edit out a lot of the feedback. So, you know, a lot of people I've seen comments on, on like, oh, they were being mean or oh, that, you know, they didn't say anything nice. It's like, no, they really do. They say lots of nice things about everyone's stuff. And they're, <laughs> it's, they're, not, it's not always aired. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's know. so much that doesn't make it to TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 10 hours. Yeah. I mean, and it's a half an hour show, right? Yeah. And then you have all, I mean, 10 hours. Let's, well. No, it's an hour. It's an hour long. It's an hour long show. show. But, you know, you yeah. got 10 hours compressed. 10 hours. And you'll have like 10 teams. And yeah. you have cameras on all those tables. And you have cameras all around. And then, you, you know, it's like, how, I don't even know how they manage editing all that. Yeah, it's a I lot. Really it's a lot. Yeah. It so is a lot. So many cameras. I mean, again, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as anyone who's edited video how do you take hours and hours of something and compress it into you know minutes uh it's right. it is it is quite the challenge but they're telling a story you know so um I'll, I'll tell you it it sounds really really fun and i i look at um all the people i think there is a there has to be a camaraderie because you've been through this thing that really no one else has been through i mean yes it's season three right so th th there's that but it really has to be something. And I think that's maybe where the bond comes from because like 
who else has done this? Right. <laughs> Small group of people. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because the firefighters uh, from Calgary, the Stevens, they, their firefighter culture is very much in your firefighter family is, is your family. And they wanted to really solidify that with all of us too. So our very first uh, Saturday night we had together, they threw a huge barbecue at the hotel courtyard and we all got together and we all just sat down and decompressed and really got to know each other and really enjoyed each other's company. And that just kind of solidified that bond moving forward, but it was really nice that, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of our interviews, we'd go back to the hotel and we would kind of joke about it. Be like, hey, we talked about you guys in the interviews, you know, <laughs> that, hey, we talked about you guys, you know, and we would all like laugh about it. It's like no one, no hurt feelings, no like, no, no animosity, no rivalries, you know, and I guess maybe that's not good for TV that we all got along. But Right. I know. Isn't that what <laughs> but <laughs> these we, things are all built on of the, the, the drama? Oh. But I find that in this, uh, since the content of, of the building process is so kind of interesting and intricate, you know, you don't necessarily like need that, uh, that human drama that comes along with most and I'll say reality shows, I, I guess it's in that category, but it's not really, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a game show slash reality. I don't know what the, I call it unscripted, unscripted, <laughs> unscripted. Um, as far as that goes, because there's a, there's a real niche with Lego. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it needs, you know, you don't, you don't need don't... to pump up the drama side. It's not like the bachelor, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like they, they try that, you know, cause as it's a TV show, so they want to keep it interesting. <clears throat> they want to keep drama in. And that's why they brought in Ethan and Dom at the end of episode three, you know, like drama, it was a know? happy drama. It, well, it kind of, or... it was, it was a, it was a happy drama for us, but let's face it. It's a TV show. So we know play up the shock, you know, play, play it up. And you know, like the Stevens were talking about the rookies. Oh my God. That was so funny. That was so funny when that happened. Like I, I laughed so hard with Will Arnett that that guy is hysterical, but you know, it, but there it's the draw. There is drama that happens on the show and it's very intense. The, the pressure, like I feel like episode four is when you really start to see that starting mm. to affect the okay. people on the show, because Having for me, we actually were talking about this on our live cast the other night, um, having to be creative day after day after day. Yeah, I'm the kind of creative person where like I get a lightning bolt of an idea and mm. I just pour whether it's a song I'm writing, whether it's a Lego build I'm doing, whether it's a craft I'm making, I get this divine like idea and I have to do it but I don't have a steady stream of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't have this every day. I write a song. You know? inspiration? Right. And so they give you this challenge. You're like, all right, I, I've just cranked out three amazing builds. And I'm like, I'm kind of tapped out right now. Like I'm, my brain is like having a hard time thinking of a name for this build or thinking of, you know, and, and the, and how, how long was it between episodes in real life? Oh, it was all back to back there. There was no, like one day after the next one day after the next and okay. sometimes if you finish one episode in the morning you start the next episode in the Jesus. afternoon <laughs> he must have been fried absolutely fried fried six days a week uh some days were 16 hours you know it they were very long they were very long days i've said to people i've always had this expression for when i'm really exhausted and i call it disney tired because if you've ever been to disney world and you walk like the <laughs> the eight ten miles around magic kingdom at the end of the day you are so beyond tired that you pass out on the bus this exceeds that like my husband's it you know i'd come after i came home when we were done with the show 
He's like, Aaron, you were passing out on our Zoom at our, on our FaceTimes at night. He's like, I've never seen you that tired in your <laughs> life. And I've, I was, it was exhausting, but, yeah. but I knew it was a short period of time. It was, you know, it's like, whatever it takes, just keep going, keep yeah. getting up every day, keep making, keep building. Cause build till they send you home yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they don't. Well, you talked about, um, your other endeavors too. So you're a musician and, and I've known you in the past as a musician as well. And, you know, we're family friends and all that. Um, but, um, but that's a big part, you know, of your life is this, you know, creativity aspect. Um, did that start in childhood? Oh, I, yeah. I've always been a performer. I've always been a creative person. I've always played music. I've been playing music since I was six years old. I've been performing since about that, that same age, you know, whether it was, my years at Cantarella School of Dance, you know, or doing high school, middle school theater, or like I went to Berkeley College of Music after high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my third semester in, I had an injury and I broke my wrist. So that oh. kind of ended my Berkeley career. But I. And what was your instrument of choice at the time? Was that. Actually, I was accepted in the Berkeley on piano because I grew up a oh. pianist, um, but I grew up a classical pianist. So that was more for a conservatory so while i was at berkeley um i was really struggling with learning jazz on piano so i switched to guitar as my principal instrument which mm -hmm. i had picked up in high school but it only played in a punk rock band so i had to uh <laughs> i had to teach myself quite a bit and then audition to be accepted into the guitar program while i was there which i did um and i had switched my when i had got in so this is when i, I graduated phs in 94. Mm -hmm. so at that time my idols were like tori amos and nine inch nails so <laughs> i go to berkeley and i'm like oh, i want to do music tech and be like trent Reznor of nine inch nails <laughs> so but then i started to see what everyone else had for equipment and i'm like okay let's do songwriting so i ended up being a songwriting major <laughs> on guitar even though i started as a piano major with music tech but yeah but after that i mean i've been playing in bands for I started playing in bands in high school. I had a punk rock band called the Barney Slayers <laughs> <laughs> and my purple hair and my mohawk in college. And, but the last 10 years, I, I, my husband and I, we met actually that way. He's a drummer and I met, you know, at, at local gigs at local bars where we were playing actually the first time we met, he was in the audience of one of my shows mm. and, um, we became friends. Where was it? It was called the Siberian Cafe at the time. It was it's the Howard Building now on oh, First okay. and Fen. So okay. what's now that's a wrap was Siberian Cafe, and I, uh, I I I was it was me opening up for Tony and Olive Thomas, and so me and Olive were there trying to set up the PA system, and. Shane, my husband, comes walking over. It's like, oh, do you need you ladies need help? And of course, I'm like, no. <laughs> I know what I'm doing <laughs> and I didn't, but that's okay. Um, and then we met afterwards. He kind of introduced himself. I was actually there with, a, with another guy who had just come out from Boston to visit me. So I was like, yeah, you know, but we became friends and I went and I saw his band. He had a, he was in a band called drunken funk at the time. <laughs> We'd get to know each other at like open mics and, and supporting the local music scene. And, uh, yeah, we ended up getting together, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then Our we had a, building. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be great to have the bottomless bricks at the the Howard building one day? That'd be really cool. Possibly. <laughs> Get at it. I know. It's like where, where my relationship kind of started. It would kind of be full circle, right? But uh, yeah, we ended up, we had a band together for years called Adverse Effect. We got to mm. do like live on the lake and sounds of summer. And that was a lot of fun. But 
at one point in time i was in i was playing in five bands including my uh solo stuff and i kind of five burned, at once yeah and i kind of burned out I that, was, that I was, would you do that i mean five bands <laughs> i mean i hear about people playing in two or three you know um uh, but five well i was doing my solo thing i was in a, a female acoustic duo called divinitress with a friend of mine named tistria um i had adverse effect with my husband i was playing bass uh, at one point in a blues band called Mama's Kitchen, I was playing bass. Uh, I was joining in with. I mean, Mount, you know, you, you, could just, like, you could you could make a living just playing bass, right? You know that. I do. Okay. You know, actually, I didn't pick <laughs> the up most, the most valuable, <laughs> rarest bird around town. You know, is a good bass player, right? I don't Let know. me tell. That's that's, what I hear. <laughs> that's actually where I got a lot of my gig once because I didn't pick up bass till I met my husband. We were playing together, and the bass player for his band stopped showing up for rehearsals, and because mm. I've been to Berkeley, you know, like it's like okay what keys it in you know it's like all right I, I already know guitar so i just moved it over to bass and i started and once people found out i played bass You're i started a hot commodity uh, well because i also can sing and play bass <laughs> i can sing wow. i harmonize so like that's kind of its own like rarity yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i ended up burning out like it kind of got to be a lot i mean because to be a musician in the Berkshires, you have to be really diverse. You have to play in many bands. You have to do the bar mitzvahs. You have to do the weddings. You have to do anything it takes. And it's it's a lot. I was also teaching various instruments to kids. You know, it's it's a lot. And uh, you're super talented. I mean, to, <laughs> just I mean, to just simply understand that. Okay, and I and I assume the guitar element. You were able to play classical guitar. Is that um i play more folk guitar more folk guitar well yeah. okay so even more impressive so you're playing folk guitar and then being able to transition over to bass yeah like that's not i mean <laughs> who does that I, I mean like how long did it take to to learn the bass well okay so a bass is strung very similar to the lowest four strings on a guitar so i already knew what the neck was which was okay. great and okay. i had already worked with a girl in a former band divinitress we we were a duo but at one point we were a trio but that bass player didn't really know the neck on her guitar. So I ended up trying to teach her bass, even though I didn't play it yet. Um, <laughs> that kind you of know you're in rough shape <laughs> when you have to teach the bass player how to play bass. Well, I, and you don't play bass. <laughs> so we became a duo again. No, I have a, I've, uh, I'm very lucky. I always tell people like, I will pick up any instrument you give me except drums. That's why I married a drummer. I have no interest in playing drums. <laughs> But like, and, and when I met my teammate Liz for the show, she's a middle school choral director, Okay, but she also teaches a little ukulele to her classes. Nice. So I'm like, well, shoot, now I play ukulele. Right. <laughs> that, well, that had to be a piece of cake because that's four strings. Oh, totally. Right. Totally. She, she knew a couple chords and then I, we got together and I, I now know like double the amount of chords she knows. And I was sort of writing songs for us to sing in our audition process. And yeah. Did a whole, yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll play anything. Your brain has got to be built in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, to uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist or, you know, a, a neurologist or anything, but like, it seems to me that you pick up things quickly. My brain is wired for music and it's, it's from a lifetime of training it that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's from a lifetime of intently, intensely like listening to the way court, way songs are written and listening to the scales in the guitar solo or listening like you know for me i can't listen to certain bands on the radio in the car because i become so distracted by focusing in on the different harmonies or focusing in on on the the baseline happening over you know under the guitar like it's it's weird but yeah i'm very 
from a lifetime of doing this, my brain is definitely wired for music, but life is long. So I've been doing other stuff with that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I was half joking about the Howard building, but you know, you, I, I think it's um, open to say that you're looking at locations Mm -hmm. uh to reopen uh bottomless bricks so uh tell me about that process or what you can tell me about that process i gotta say I i'm trying to find a new location in pittsfield and i have it's so supportive in this town i'm not gonna lie like between uh downtown pittsfield rebecca breen has she's great I she gotta, really I gotta, is i gotta tell you i mean i've known <laughs> i've known her for a while um you know through various other um organizations or what have you um but uh she really seems super dedicated uh to this position i'm very yeah. happy about it she is and you know i i've only recently met her but i really love her energy mm. as weird as that is but i've we both have a very like positive energy and so i really love connecting with people like her um but i've also gotten a lot of really great support from Lori mick with the city of Pittsfield. Oh, yeah. i mean like uh, these these folks are amazing salt they, of the earth yeah, Lori Mick. They, yep. you know, she. People want to see us here. They want to see us succeed. They want to see any a lot of small businesses succeed in Pittsfield. So they're really knowing that they're cheering me on in this process is really encouraging. You know, not just that. I also have a business mentor through the uh, Southern Berkshire Chamber of Commerce, cool. who I meet with weekly, who is really supportive of me trying to reopen. And yeah, I look at it almost like um, a restaurant that caters. Um, <laughs> It's the business model. I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head because you, you have the brick and mortar location, which mm -hmm. may have events or may have maybe like open building or, or what have you, but the parties are kind of like the catering, right? So you're going out. And so there's a set cost to that and all that. And, and it's almost like more consistent or more measurable as far as the revenue, you know, yes. if you could, if you can book those, that sort of thing, you know, cause I always love talking about business models. Not that Ooh, you want to share too much about the business. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, I look at that and, um, the birthday parties and you talked about how that was, you know, the, the COVID that's how devastating that was, because if you couldn't do those birthday parties, that was a big piece of the business plan, but you know, but yeah. you know, give me a sense of that. What, what does that look like, um, for, Bottomless bricks 2.0. <laughs> <The>, it is <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be a little different from the from the first version. Um, we learned so much. I mean, it was such a heartbreak to close after only being open five months. Um, I was devastated. I mean, I I can't I can't overstate that enough. I was absolutely devastated because I we were really on an amazing trajectory to be profitable in our first year mm. we were looking to expand we were but i will say we were already looking for a larger space we had outgrown our space in the first three months so mm. i was like okay but it, we were our main revenue model at that point was our birthday parties and it was it was easy to project it's like okay i need right. to have this many parties per them, month you get, you in know. order to you know break even and then you know we what kind of add-ons can we add to that to increase our sales and and at that point we noticed that people coming in wanted to buy Lego while they were there. So we okay. had a very, very tiny retail area. Yeah. But we determined that people will drop 20 bucks without thinking about it on Lego. So we tried to really- But what's the, what, what, uh, that's interesting. Like what yeah. kind of margin can you make, uh, profit margin can you make on that based on the fact that, you know, you got to buy it. And are you able to yeah. get the wholesale uh, cost or? We were able, well, I fortunately I had made a connection prior to the pandemic um, where I could get wholesale used brick 
and uh, huh. and minifigure elements. Now it's the minifigure elements that are most expensive, um, but I am still able to get them from this wholesaler. Um, it's kind of limited in what I can get. And I can't really pick and choose. It's like you get what you get. But yeah. I also we've been buying a lot of auction lots online, mm -hmm. and we'll look for specifically minifigure stuff because that's what people want. People mm. love to buy minifigures. We had a minifigure station where people could build their own person to take home, and kids would love to come in and just build guys. Yeah, you know. And then we also had a bunch that were like complete from different series, like Ninjago. We had those completed in in our case that people would come in and buy. So kids would just come in. They had a good week at school their, their parents be like go ahead you know pick out too many figures you want and they'd you know look in the case and they'd want you know lloyd from ninjago and you know yeah. but it was great i loved having kids who would come in and be like i had a good week this week and i'm like yay and this was like their <laughs> their prize like they got to go build a lego and at, at our store and it was really nice i loved connecting with families and it was i was heartbroken when it all was stopped so suddenly like mm -hmm. we didn't get to say goodbye we didn't get to you know support well the funny thing that. is i mean there would be no reason to say goodbye because you you were successful up until that point or it seemed as is that that was the traje trajectory yeah 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 and and it's so funny because at that point in time i was participating in e for all in their very first cohort and it was amazing the amount of work we were doing on our businesses and we had our fi our final presentation. It was supposed to be the very first week of April. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think they gave us an extra week to redo our financial projections and redo our business plans to reflect the pandemic that had just started. Mm. But um, it was hard. I mean, in the beginning, I tried to pivot and then pivot and then pivot and then pivot. And I realized I was going to drive myself insane trying to guess what the next month was going to bring, trying to guess. I mean, because at one point people were doing drive-by birthday parties or everyone would just get in their car and do like a parade and wave, you know, but like I, I tried doing delivering. Uh, we had a uh, creativity to go kits. So I was packing up our Lego from our store into one pound bags of, of just assorted Lego and throwing in a minifigure and delivering them to people's houses. Like, yeah. cause yeah. we're all stuck at home and, but like, yeah, I had to just stop at one point because I had a kid at home who was doing school now on the computer all day and oh everyone's God. life. It was a nightmare. Through. I oh mean, it was really difficult. Yeah. Especially if you had multiple kids and especially if you had to work, um, it was yeah. tough. Yeah, it was really tough. I mean, a lot of grandparents <laughs> were doing that uh, because the parents generally, even even if they were working virtually, they're still working. You know, yeah. oh, it was it was a tough time. Yeah. Was, and, yeah. But we moved, we ended up moving after a few months, we realized we still weren't going to be able to reopen. So we moved, our, our landlord was extremely generous. She, she let us out of our lease. We moved everything into my house <laughs> and my husband started <laughs> coping with that by sorting the Lego from our store. Yeah. The, the loose Lego. Yeah. 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 Yep. And uh, so now as a result, he's went through all of that loose Lego that we had at our house. He sorted it all out and he built basically what's our, now our model factory. So we have dozens of shoe boxes labeled with, it'll say one by one bricks and you open it up and it's all sorted by color and baggies, one by two bricks, you know, <laughs> four by four bricks, you know, jumper plates. And, and, you know, and so it's all sorted like that. And if he hadn't done that, if we hadn't closed, if he hadn't sorted that, I wouldn't have had access to all those pieces that I needed in order to compete to be on the show. Yeah. So it all kind of worked Things out happen for a in reason. a weird way. Right. right. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it was a good thing that we closed, but something positive came out of it. 
Yeah. And I've also been able to take these two years, take our soft launch that we had in Adams and refine our business model, come up with a, with a COVID or, or a pandemic proof model. Cause no one, I mean, I, I could do all the things I was doing all the things, right. I was, I was, I had everything planned. So everything would go right, but no one thought we would have a pandemic. No one was like, right. yeah, you got to pandemic proof your business. Well, now I've pandemic proof my business. Now I know if, <laughs> if the world shuts down again, I can go virtual and teach like robotics courses using a virtual curriculum and still bring in money that way. We can ship stuff. We actually will be selling more stuff online of Lego that we have collected during this downtime. We can sell it on there. No contacts. Like now there's a whole new aspect to running a business is like, make sure if the world shuts down, you can still have revenue. And there's a couple of things, I think, <laughs> you know, because when you originally hear, oh, Aaron's got this place, bottomless bricks, where it's a bunch, you know, maybe in your mind, you're like, oh, the kids get to go and there's just a bunch of Legos and they kind of mess around with it, which is, I mean, I mean, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the Lego master aspect is going to be very, very helpful. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's, there's a marketing edge to it. And plus you probably have a greater reach to some, I mean, obviously you're, you're, um, you're, you as a brand are, are now a, a greater thing, um, through this. And I'm sure there's ways you can further utilize that. But I think, um, the more that you've gotten out there, I think people understand the levels of sophistication <laughs> that it's not just, okay, the kids roll in and there's a bunch of bricks and whatever. And again, play and and all that is is a big deal but the layers i we keep going coming back to this that there there are a lot of layers here um, and i think people now in this area uh may understand that better yeah i i think that by getting cast on the show it's even more validating what i do mm. i mean it's one thing that it's like you know, opening before I was a mom who got into Lego through my family and we're trying to share it with the community and that's great. Um, but you know, there's, there's a certain level of like, I want, you know, running my workshops or designing <laughs> sets. She, this, like, this girl knows her shit. That's what, <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, it's not just a mom with their box of Legos, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. <laughs> like I've, I've put time, effort, training, like, and this is, it's very validating that now I can, you know, in a way point to the show and be like, no, like I know what I'm doing. Like, I really am into this. I really do know how to make things move. I really do know how to engineer something strong. Like it's a thing, you know, and it's, I think it's helpful moving forward that it, that extra la layer of validity to what I'm doing. It's not just a toy that your kid's going to play with. Like I have adults who want to learn stuff that I can do, you know, like I'm going to go host a Lego club in Lenox and each week I'm going to bring a different technique to show people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think our first one we're going to do is little, little spheres, which is how to build a ball using square Lego plates. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a thing, but yeah, it's a skill. And I, I'm excited to start, you know, teaching it to more people. The, the the concept uh, of course i mean you know there there is scaling that could happen i mean i don't know if uh, if you've even thought about that but um but you know again how do you duplicate yourself that's the most difficult part of scaling a small business but at the same time you have a community and you have people all over the country so it's just you know that's something maybe you haven't thought about yet but um but if it works in the Berkshires, boy, it could work other places too. Absolutely. We actually were thinking about franchising right when we first started. That was something okay. that was a piece of feedback that was given to us from quite a few people in eForall. They're like, this is such a great idea. I'd love to see you franchise this. So that was part of our original like 
five-year plan was like, all right, if this is going well, let's try to franchise this in five years. Um, since then, I've learned there's actually several different versions of a similar business right. that exist across the country. Mm -hmm. They're mostly mom and pop aftermarket Lego stores. Actually, Dom from the show works for one of those. And we mm -hmm. had some really great business conversations while we were on the show about that. Um, but I'm actually taking everything from my business and I'm helping my friend Eddie from the show who lives in Washington state. He, when we met on the show, he's like, that's exactly what I've been trying to work towards as a person. He's like, I want to own my own Lego based business and, and have events and do stuff like that. So I'm, as I'm going through my process of reopening, I'm sharing all of my knowledge with him so that he can do it out in his state and I can help support him in that way. Mm. Um, Cause I, I, you know, He's, he's one feel, of my favorite people. I so. feel like one day I'd love to see a big Lego statue in downtown Pittsfield or something. I don't know. Why, I just I don't know. It's just like popping in my head. I just feel like, you know, I where um where's that place in like Connecticut or something that they, they make Legos there or there's headquarters, Their headquarters there. is in Enfield in Enfield. Yeah, OK. And, yeah. and, and it's like Enfield is not really like, oh, it's like Legoland or something. There's like there's some there are the headquarters there's some like legos out there they don't really do it up um yeah. but but i feel like maybe that could be the next big public art project in downtown pittsfield um let's get together with mark uh, tomasi and everyone from berkshire um uh, arts association and, and maybe that can be the next big um where we have like big size blocks doing beautiful things like a la sheeptacular how about that that would be fun. I, you know, <laughs> I, I actually, it, it's fun because I, I love to look at buildings and my brain is, is still in like Lego mode. So I'll be like, Ooh. because Pittsfield, we, we do have a connection to Lego more than most other towns, because I think Elizabeth Banks voiced one of yes. the characters for the Lego movie. Yes. So we actually have two luminaries in Lego. I no? mean, and, you know, Three? I don't, I don't know if she, she can't build like you, but um <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny. Um, oh, there's three. You said there's three. There are there are two people from the Berkshires who are who exist as minifigures, and one of them is Elizabeth Banks as Wild Style, and the other one is um oh man, her name just slipped my brain. Um, the actress from Indiana Jones who okay. owns the store in Great Barrington, she, her character from Indiana ah. Jones has also been made into a minifigure. So is that it, Aaron? Is that a goal? In your life to be a minifigure to be a minifigure oh we, i already am a minifigure you are well, well it, you just, you just said, <laughs> we also so you're, you're the third well on the show um everyone has a sig fig a signature oh, minifigure okay so if you get eliminated from the show you see at the end of the show everyone has to they have to put their sig fig uh and say goodbye <laughs> okay. so that exists i, I missed that part and, i'm sorry and, and, and <laughs> So actually all of us on the show recreate our sick figs and we trade them with each other with our other castmates and we all have stickers made up of our sick figs. Actually, I have stickers for you too. Um, I have a bunch of minifigure stickers and my minifigures holding an acoustic guitar and that's what I hand out at, at conventions. And when I come across kids, you know, at when I'm out and about, if they recognize me, I'm like, here's a sticker, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a thing. But I remember when I had my store open, my old, I was, so I was in high school with Elizabeth Bank. We were in theater together. Sure. Yeah. And um, I think she was just two years ahead of me. But uh, Ralph Hammond, our old theater director, came into my store one day with his stepdaughter. Uh, she was there for a birthday party. And he was like, I got to know. He's like, Do you have an Liz Banks 
minifigure. And I did. I'm like, here, I have wild style. He was so happy. He was so excited. He bought it for his, for his stepdaughter. He was so thrilled. And, and it was, it was a really cool day. It was great to like get to connect with that. Cause I hadn't seen them since high school. I was like, Oh, this so is I think so that's cool. the, I think that's the basis for a, a big Lego celebration in Pittsfield coming up uh, right? in, in the coming years. I think that's great. I think that would be awesome. Especially if you're in downtown uh, with bottomless bricks uh, reopening at some point. Um, I can't wait to get to that ribbon cutting. Oh, I know. That'd be Soon. Fun. Not, not rushing you. Not no. rushing. <laughs> we gotta heart- get, we gotta get through Lego masters first. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> it's funny because it's going by fast it's it's like i, I there's one well week... yeah because it's such a long wait and then all of a sudden bang there it is yep. and one week after another it just it just moves right along right yeah and it was originally supposed to air may 31st mm. so why did it delay um I, I they didn't give us a specific reason um i think they just wanted to get the fall lineup um for prime time and so they put it, they ended up moving the time from eight till nine to be after the mass singer. They moved it to the fall, but like they told us about two weeks before we thought it was coming out. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I have to keep the secret even longer. Yeah. I still had it. I still couldn't tell anyone because uh, they hadn't announced, announced the cast. So I'm like, you can't tell I, anyone that you were even on it. Right. Right. Okay. I wasn't when, allowed when, to. When did when were you able to tell people that you were actually on it? When it started or? Well, they ended up coming out with a preview episode in June. I and see. at that and just before they aired that, they had to announce the cast. So they kind of did like a a quick little like here's here's your your we got our group photo, basically. And um because the second episode is a Jurassic World Dominion episode and the way it was supposed to originally air is it was going to air the week that that shit, that that movie came out. I see. And when they moved it to fall, it kind of messed with that timeline. So they came out with a 22 minute preview episode back in June. Uh-huh. And at that point they announced the cast, but there's, it was a shortened version. It didn't show the ending, uh, which is the best part. I think But it, <laughs> it showed, you know, Chris Pratt was there and it kind of showed a little bit of that. And, uh, but yeah, so at that point, I could at least tell people I was on mm. the show, but that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now at least you can kind of give the details of. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, at least the details, as it were, for those episodes that have uh, already aired. Yes. You know, and so now you've you've it's it must be interesting. <laughs> You're also kind of thinking, okay, <laughs> I have to approach this interview and like again, kind of put yourself in the present. Of that episode and, 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 and knowing also that these things, because you, you had that episode, but like w- probably 12 hours later, you were on maybe to the next one. <laughs> so in your mind, it was like, boom, 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 boom. and then, so you have to like stop yourself and figure out, okay, where was I at that moment yeah. to, to like sort of describe that. And it all kind of, it runs together <clears throat> in my head now. So I'm really enjoying that every week, the cast, we, we all go on Nick's Twitch stream and we unpack the episode. We spent about an hour and a half, two hours. And we all kind of go through. And when we talk about it, a lot of us are like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that happened. Oh, I forgot that Will said that. I, for- you know, I forgot that you had that struggle or like, so it's, it's been, it, it's sort of like you, you realize how fast everything went by while you were in it. And it all kind of jumbles together. And then to hear what other people remember from it. And I mean, there are whole, whole areas where you're so focused that you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. It's like this last episode, uh, Michelle and, Ta- and Christine, we call her tacos, really. Uh, Michelle and tacos had um, some struggles with their build. I was completely unaware of that, like that when the show was going on, because we were in a 
different part of the room. We were so focused on our own build. We were having our own struggles and really just trying to work through that. And it's like, it wasn't until the end, you realized that something had happened. <laughs> and now, and watching it, I got to say, when I watched that episode, I think I cried the entire episode. I would, it's just, it's Why? such, it's such an emotional thing to like, when I saw my friend struggling in that episode, it, it just hurts. Mm. And then I saw Emily uh, of the mom son team go over and comfort her. And I just sobbed. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God. Cause that's who she is. She's so genuine. She's so kind. And it brought me back to, um, in a previous episode, I had gotten some bad news from home. I had found out one of my family members had gotten very, very ill, very suddenly. Mm. And I had a complete meltdown backstage. Like I completely crumbled. Mm. And this is just before we were about to go step on stage for a show. And mom, Emily, um, came over and the same thing. She just grabbed my hand. She was just like, actually all the women on the show just circled me and surrounded me with love and were so supportive. But like Emily, especially, she is just like, let's get you something to eat. Have you had any water today? She's so like momming you and it's, but it's, she's so authentically that kind and that supportive and that loving. So seeing her, be that for Michelle and tacos during their, their moment was so emotional to see. And it was so, it brought me back to what she'd done for me. And I was so thankful and I'm really glad she actually, since that episode has gotten so much love from people reaching out to her, like, you know, how much they appreciate the love that she shows other contestants on the show. But it really was all of us were like that, but it was, she's just, she's such a beautiful person. So it's so emotional to watch it, to see, the interactions everyone was having to see people leave. And when people are eliminated from that show, we are a, a wreck. Mm. It, that's the hardest thing. We really loved each other. Every single time a team is eliminated, I'm the crying my eyes out. And it's so hard because you have that episode ends. You just lost your friend. And now you got to go start another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like change your shirt. Let's go back out there. And uh. it's like, Oh, I got to recover. I need to go. I need to go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i need to go cry it out for a minute and, and i gotta recover i gotta get my makeup redone <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, but I, I i you know i look at that and i i guess because uh because lego is you know people aren't in like show business and they're thinking oh you know i can i can make it big by going on that lego show <laughs> it's not like the bachelor or something you can tell you know people go on that and they're just trying to like get a name for themselves or maybe, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're not really in it for the necessarily the right reasons. And I'm just using that as an example because there's so many of these, um, you know, sort of reality, at, you know, shows and such. So the people are real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't just suddenly say, Oh, I want to be a great Lego or, or, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and just go on this, this program. It's, it's real yeah. as opposed to much of what you see in, in reality TV. Yeah. And, and I got to say, <clears throat> casting nailed it for this, this series, like, um, at least for this season, they, they got such a diverse group of characters, but diverse personalities, like, but everyone just to be just, just to qualify to be on a show though, you kind of have to have a slightly larger than life personality, or at least a certain level of comfort with yourself and with people. And, um, just to see the diverse group of characters put together for the season. Cause there may be a lot amazing. of introvert Lego yes folks I'm, I'm just gonna take a wild stab at that one 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And they come out for conventions and it's really great to see the more introverted Lego fans to to be in in their prime at like conventions. But I mean, this is a TV show first. So mm. and and usually when you build Lego, it's not like I have to build this in this period of time. I went to a convention in Seattle 2 weeks ago and um there was a beautiful life-size sea turtle with a was it a castle coming out of its its shell on the back and underneath mm. it it was supported by an underwater scene and it took that builder two years to build that okay that is a lot more normal <laughs> than what we're doing on the show well i mean i don't know if to be <laughs> building a life-size sea turtle is normal but for you know, no, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah two years huge huge build, <clears throat> especially huge if you have a day job right 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 you know but i mean i will say like <clears throat> two people on the show are also have ideas on what's called lego ideas where you get to submit your own builds people can vote on it if you get ten thousand votes it gets submitted to lego for considerations to be made into a set there have been several several versions of uh fan base sets that have come out and uh i know nick has reached ten thousand with some of his builds in the past he currently has stuff on there now same thing with liam the uh 18 year old of liam and mom uh liam and emily team mm -hmm. uh he has builds on there that he's trying to get to ten thousand. i mean these these guys are amazing lego builders in their own right mm -hmm. so like it is some of the best of the best in the country but it's not necessarily all of them you know because a lot of the a lot of people who are incredible lego builders aren't necessarily made for tv hmm. <laughs> what involvement does the actual company if any uh have with the show in the sense that i i could imagine like if there's a super popular item that you create you aaron or any contestant creates and they're like wow that was you know why wouldn't they package that market and sell it? Um, and you being the creator, maybe, you know, hopefully get a piece of the action. But I, I just, I, I I wonder, I mean, are there people from Lego who are involved in it from the company or is it just primarily the, the production team? I know that they are involved in the company. I know that the company also, um, like we were able, we were given access to, um, for example, episode two, when it was the Jurassic World Dominion, we were given access to dinosaurs that were coming out in sets that hadn't been released yet. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of nerded out for a minute about that. Like, ooh, new parts, new parts, you know? <laughs> um, as far as like hands-on while we were there, I'm not sure what their involvement was, but yeah. I know that the, there are things, they had very strict rules, like um, you couldn't use any of their brands like Octan. You can't use Octan in one of your builds because that's- What's Octan? Uh, it's, it's, Leg it's the Lego Group's uh, gas company. Lego so if you have a uh, gas station set, it might say Octan on it. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it's like their, gotcha. their fake brand of gas yeah. station kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, maybe because- Just licensing, you know, like we you can't, you know- <laughs> They're, they're, Exxon Mobil get mad. Exactly that kind they, of stuff. <laughs> so there, there were some limitations with branding. You couldn't use, you know, stuff that's non-Lego. You can't. Yeah, it, it was a little yeah. complicated. I mean, there, there, there. I mean, there are knockoff Legos. <gasps> yes. Um, <laughs> well, the thing it, it was interesting. I saw. I actually saw a documentary one time uh, when Legos. I mean, they've gone through a great evolution yes. um, business wise. And there was a time when Lego wasn't really doing super well. And partly because there were a lot of knockoffs that were, you know, because 
the, the concept of plastic blocks that fit into each other is not necessarily owned by Lego, right? I mean, like blocks have been around for hundreds of years um, as toys, maybe, I don't know. Um, and so, but, they, but I think, you know, over time they really got their marketing down, they got the licensing down and like, and, and they have a new era, I think here where they're hugely, hugely successful, you know, including the movies and, and the TV shows and, and, and all that. So, but there are knockoffs out there yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can get, um, which is interesting uh, because you're really in this and, and there are knockoffs you can get from China. They're really, really close. And, and maybe they even fit with Legos. It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I can't talk about this. Well, no, no. <laughs> well we, I've, I've, seen, I've seen them all because when I buy bulk lots, you get a, you get a big broad mix. And um, Mega Blocks is one of the big ones but okay. they don't fit as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about Lego has every, all Lego fits what they call the system. And it's a mathematically it, it's incredible how well, how all of these pieces will fit together. And that's why it's so cool. You can buy a set today and you can grab your set from the eighties and everything will walk together. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. A lot of the knockoffs don't have that same, what they call clutch power. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they're not as sturdy. They're not as strong. And it's so weird when I'm digging through a bin of, of bulk brick, I can tell by the sheen, the, the, the way the light yeah. reflects off yeah. of the plastic uh-huh. that it's a knockoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell by the colors. It's like, like, Oh, didn't make that color. That's a knockoff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those knockoffs, what they do is they make like uh, they make series based on things that Lego won't do. Lego does not make violent army. They, they don't do military. They don't do any, you know, a lot of weaponry uh, they do for Star Wars. So that's a little bit of the exception. Mm. And they do things, you know, like for Castle, they would have cannons and swords. But generally, they avoid any kind of violent content. So that's where a lot of those knockoffs kind of came in to fill that, fill in that void. Um, but then there's also actually other, other brands that will make things that fit Lego that are, you know, military outfits or, you know, different, yeah. different kind of stuff. I've seen but, those, but I've seen those. A lot of them, those are knockoffs. Though. I didn't order them. Okay, good. <laughs> but, but I've seen them. Um, but yeah, they're there. I mean, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just find it interesting because it, I mean, deep in this world as you're very deep into it, I'm sure you see it all. Yeah. I'm sure you see it all. It's interesting because I didn't realize that was a thing that mm-hmm. like Lego exclusivity was a thing initially when I got into Lego. It my oldest was I went into his room and I looked in his trash can and there was all these bricks in there. And I'm like, why are you throwing away your Lego? It's like those aren't the Lego. Those are the fake ones. <laughs> And so I realized I'm like, them. I'm like, okay, let's stop throwing them out. Let's put them in this bin and I'll donate them. So yeah. we ended up, we started doing that. And I would, I, I remember at one point I got a huge, I had pounds and pounds and pounds of knockoff bricks. And yeah. I had a friend with six kids. I called her up. I'm like, you want these? She's like, I would love them. She came, <laughs> made her kids happy. I'm like, great, great. Now actually I do throw Those them Those poor away. kids. I, <laughs> I know, terrible. Yeah. You know what though? I just met this amazing woman the other day who also happens to have six kids. And I went into, I went to her house. I met her family. I walked in her kitchen and her backsplash was all colorful bricks. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, you used your Lego to make a backsplash. It's gorgeous. She's like, no, actually she's like, I just bought a bulk lot and it was all knockoff. And she said, she was going to throw them out and then realize 
that's the perfect stuff to use to like make a backsplash. You don't care if it gets dirty or if it. Wow, and she it, made a care. backsplash. She did. did. She was it was it just there or was there um some sort of seal sealant on it or no, it was just, just a, stacked there that's cool yeah and it's and it's funny because i had just seen that there was just a uh a house on zillow in uh wisconsin that it, it just blew up in the online community of lego people so i i saw eight billion times but it was a listing for a house that in the kitchen they had a backsplash made of lego there were lego rooms they the lego room was like they were bright and colorful and we've got to be close. I've got to be close to the Lego house. Like, you yeah. remember, do you, do you remember GE had their plastic house? Yes. And I don't even know if that, like how plasticky it was. I mean, it was probably just like gimmicky and maybe yeah. the house was whatever, but it's, it, they tore it down by the way, I think. Oh uh, no, I know they tore it down, but it used to be up off of, uh, you know, near plastic to have, but, but on that, on that, where all the deer are behind all the, the deer. fence. <laughs> You ever wonder about the deer? What is up with the deer? Safety. Are they trapped in there? Oh no, they can jump over. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they're so they kind of stay there because they're safer there. Because we look sometimes I'll I feel like they're hungry. <laughs> and like they're looking a little scrawny. So I'm like thinking, oh, maybe are they are they anyway? <laughs> this is a total Tangent. we just went really <laughs> micro pitsfield here. Micro. <laughs> Pittsfield. How long have you lived here? Sorry, yep. worldwide audience. <laughs> I know you were listening in Copenhagen, but you got to hear about the deer in Pittsfield. Um, well, there is a Lego the house in Denmark. <clears throat> is there? Uh, there is. Uh, Lego headquarters is in Denmark and Bill in Denmark. And pretty much that whole town is Lego. Okay. So we've, we've already, we've been there. We've been, I mean, there's a Lego land. There's a Lego. There's a Lego land, know. but there's a Lego house, which is like a giant museum. And if you look at it from above, it looks like it's built of Lego. Okay. Um, and they actually just built a brand new headquarters too in Billund. Um, it's huge industry over there. But one of my bucket list items is to go to the Lego house and just see the amazing displays. There, there's one room I've seen online that has three enormous dinosaurs made of different Lego elements. One of them is a Technic themed. One is a brick themed. I think one's a Duplo theme. I wonder um, how functional it could be to have a Lego room. I, I could imagine a kitchen not really being appropriate for that it's hard to cook on plastic I have uh, a lego room you have a, well you have a lego so like the whole thing like the table the side and i'm thinking like end tables and that that seems doable right absolutely i know chair, i mean a chair absolutely it's funny you, you bring that up because um nick and stacy on the show are twitch streamers and they just went to twitchcon and at twitchcon they built as a streaming studio out of duplo they got uh, it was funny because we um, just before, just when he first arrived there, we did our live stream unpacking of one of the episodes and we could see behind him. He had garbage bags just filled with Duplo bricks. Well, the next day and I, I went and saw the video he put up uh, him and Stacy and a bunch of their friends. They built shelves. They built a desk. They built chairs. They built uh, ottomans. They, they built a, a TV with um, with Mario and a fake gaming controller and like people came in they took pictures sitting on the furniture and, and like <laughs> they built all of that like a whole room with furniture and, and accessories all out of duplo amazing yeah and duplo for anyone who doesn't know are the preschool size bigger the bigger, the bigger blocks right once right. you can't the, the non-choking hazard ones but it's much easier to build large scale items with duplo yeah because i mean could you imagine like I mean, the the uh classic Lego block has got to be what two by two, not even two inches, right? Uh, by like that, this the the six 
What do you, what, now what, do you, what do you call that? <laughs> so a two by four brick, which would be two studs wide, four studs long. Um, okay. Is three plates high for the math. Um, is I'd say it's it's like an inch and a half. Yeah. Okay. Lot, you know, but a Duplo. That's a lot of those to build a chair. Right. But the Duplo, yeah, the Duplo. Sorry. But people don't realize you can actually incorporate Duplo and regular bricks together. No so you can use your foundation. They fit together? They do. Wow. It all fits the system. <laughs> Now, let's see, that's two things I've very much learned today uh, <laughs> that I did not know before. I, there's a lot I learned, but like that, that, that's a long, uh, I never knew that <laughs> for many, many years. Was, uh, it, so I mean, not 100% of the pieces. There's some funky Duplo pieces, but the general bricks will fit with regular regular Lego bricks. And at the convention I just went to in Seattle, I, I was talking with a woman who works a lot using Duplo as the, as the structure and support for her, her mocks. Mock is my own creation, um, like more Lego lingo. Um, but yeah, it, it helps make a larger scale item. And then you cover it with regular bricks in the front. And it's, it's just a really easy, it's a much easier way to make a large scale item. Man, <laughs> how many interviews have you done? I don't know anymore. <laughs> no, this one, this one's, I this hope one. this is the longest one. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. Because it would be exhausting. A lot, well, a lot of them do. have been Zoom or, uh, and they're, they're actually, some of them, they'll, they'll only give them three questions they're allowed to ask. Really? Or some of them, they're only given 10 minutes. Um, well, because usually you have someone sitting on the other line listening to everything I say to make sure I don't give any spoilers. Well, that was weird but... because they were saying that like, oh, you know, we have a Zoom link. Can can without? And I'm like, do you need to listen to it? Or do, I mean, they, they want to listen to it after, but they weren't like, oh, we want to listen to the whole thing before you, uh, you know, post it. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting. But you have this whole team that's like kind of you got a PR team. I do. Um. That you know <laughs> that we're working with, and and um. So it's really interesting, but um. But they didn't give. I mean, there was no restrictions. I mean, you you know the restrictions. Yes. But I was never told like, oh, you can't say this, you can't say that. So it's it's a, it's just really on you, not me, to to not say things. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. And, and there was. I remember the first interview I did where there wasn't someone on a call. I was like, oh god, don't say anything you're not supposed <clears throat> to. But I'm, I'm much more comfortable with that now yeah, because yeah. the NDA is intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm under contract for a year. So everything I book, I have to get approved and yeah. go through them. And, uh, but I'm excited. Like I actually have my first meet and greet at a Lego store on November 5th and I can't wait to do that. Oh, that's awesome. That's right. That is awesome. Now where's the Lego store? In Crossgates. At, in okay. Albany. Okay. I didn't even yep. know there was a Lego store there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I go there all the time. I know time. there's a little one in Somerville, I think. Um, oh, that's Legoland Discovery Center. That yeah. is like an indoor Legoland. It's very small. It's actually yeah, it's under, small. they're uh, renovating it right now. So it's closed till spring. Yeah. Uh, have you been to Legoland New York? I have not. And you know what? There is a connection to Pittsfield there because the former general manager for the Pittsfield Suns is the general manager there. Her name oh, is no escaping me right now. But uh, but definitely it is on the list uh, to get the kiddos out there uh, and go there. Have you been there? Oh, a couple times. <laughs> well, you should have like a, a lifetime admission uh, there after being a Lego. I mean, you know, you get a card if you're a Lego master. <laughs> there has to be something right. Like, you know, if you're it's a very small group. Yes. You gotta it have a gold Lego master card. 
Well, actually, we <laughs> we are lucky. Um, we are the first season in the U.S. because this actually Lego uh, Lego Masters exists in like six or eight different countries. Uh, we were given a parting gift of an exclusive set that is only given to Lego Masters. There's only 500 made. I got number 449. Wow. Um, and it is the Lego Masters logo in grayscale. Um, I will never open it. I had a of custom acrylic not. case made right. to encase it and had it inscribed. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's going to be worth like... <laughs> $10 million, right? Something but, like that. But I did build the set because the instructions are actually available for free online to build that set. So I built it in the regular colors of red and yellow. And I, I bring that around and show people. I'm like, this is what the exclusive set is, even though this isn't it. <laughs> so that was a really cool thing to get. That is now the, the uh, like my, my favorite piece in my collection because it is so rare. You can't buy that set. You have you can only get it by being on the show. And that's yeah. really that's really cool as a Lego collector. Oh, my gosh. Well, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. It's, it's Kristen Huss is her name now that it, it's coming back to me. But yeah, you should hook up with her and and you should I mean, you should be at Legoland. Like you should yeah. be like you are. You should be the princess of Legoland. Is that <laughs> well, I just met I just met uh, Legoland New York's master model builder Joey uh, when I was at the Lego convention in Seattle recently. So now, and I follow we follow each other on Instagram. So and he's the next time you come to Legoland, let me know and I'll give you a tour of Miniland and all that. I'm like, cool, cool. Awesome. Like, I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff, you know. I'm just looking forward to reopening at this point, like. It's it's been such a heartbreak over the last few years, and like this year has been a really wonderful, positive, uplifting year for me. After all of that, just to have the encouragement and the support uh, of my fellow Lego masters, to have had this amazing experience and this wonderful new connection. In fact, my phone keeps buzzing over here, and it's the cast. We're all we text each other every single day. <laughs> I've actually had to turn it off on my watch because it's so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> like all day long it's like hey what are you doing i'm doing it and like we literally all talk every day like uh, through text and it's just it's it's been a wonderful level of support from other creative people and then to have the support locally and, and the encouragement of everyone wanting to see me reopen is like i feel like this has been a good year finally <laughs> i think it's gonna be a great i think it is a great year i think it's gonna be a great next year uh, yeah for you so i'm i'm super excited for you and i can't wait uh, to bring the kiddos uh, to the newly opened bottomless bricks or go to a party yeah. with you there. And, um, and that's, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, it's been quite a ride, uh, I'm sure. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, onward and upward. And uh, I, I think the connections that you're, you've made, I think it's just going to uh, just energize supercharge the business i really feel like things happen for a reason yeah and um and it we never expect it or we don't you know we don't necessarily it's not going to the plan that we thought it was going to go to but like i think i think things happen this way for a reason and i just uh i'm, I'm really excited for you thank you it's it's been quite a quite a ride <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you soon thank you Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the John Crow podcast on your platform of choice. Maybe it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever works for you. Also, I would like to hear from you on the people and the stories that you'd like to hear more of. Send me a note through Facebook Messenger, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm easy to find and I'm easy to reach. I look forward to hearing from you. 
And if you'd like to support the podcast for less than a cup of coffee, and I'm not talking about the cost of a large latte at a fancy coffee shop, no, more like a McDonald's coffee, go into the description of this episode and scroll down to the anchor.fm link. It's right there. Just click it and you can see your options or log on to anchor.fm backslash John hyphen Kroll backslash support. Again, thank you for listening. I'm John Kroll. Talk to you soon. Thank you.